Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organize Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me was reborn as a podcast in 2020 to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organize Curate Design, I welcome you to season two, another year of sharing the stories of inspirational women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today I have with me Dashi Harindra um, and we're going to dive straight in. Dashi, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now I'm going to share a little bit about you with our listeners so they can learn what we might be chatting about today. So Dashi is an expert in technology, media and privacy law. She combines her passions for her passion for people with over 12 years experience as a lawyer helping organizations navigate commercial arrangements law and regulation and their intersection with individual consumer trust and corporate imperatives born and brought up in the UK Darcy studied in Cambridge and worked in London for the first six years of her career, working at both one of the largest corporate law firms to a startup media boutique practice to begin in-house counsel and also in-house counsel for a PR agency. Moving to Sydney in early 2014 and having continued to work for a variety of clients from the biggest West Coast tech companies to APAC startups, Although she has been involved in DNI initiatives throughout her career, it's really since becoming a mother of two girls who are now four and one that she's become much more acutely aware of the biases, particularly particularly gender and cultural, that pervade the community around us in a re- very real way. So both through her work and alongside it, she has started on a journey to combine her passions and expertise for people data and technology to further the agenda for how we can use technology to tackle the biases in recruitment and decision making in corporate organizations. We have so much to talk about. I have so many questions. <laughs> I love it. It's so it's it's so um strange hearing hearing stuff. Yeah, hearing your own story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that fancy person that they're talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah, fancy. <laughs> it's so good, though, because I think as women, we should definitely be celebrating our achievements. And it's it's hard. Like, we've, you know, you've had such an expansive career so far. You're a mother as well, um, which I, as a mother myself, I know that completely changes the game. Um, it really helps you learn a lot about yourself and a lot that you just didn't know was ever going to come out. Um, but it, trying to get a bio into a bite-sized soundbite, which is what I try and do, um, can always be a bit challenging. But I guess to get us started, I am really curious. We can already hear your beautiful accent. Um <laughs> Next to my very Aussie, I love my Aussie accent next to a, an accent from the UK because it always just sounds so drawn out. And I, like I wasn't born in Australia, but took on that Aussie accent as quickly as I could as a child. Um, but what did you find, like, you know, growing up in the UK, you know, how do you feel that um, the UK differs to Australia? What were the, the key things you noticed when you moved here in 2014? Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, UK UK is home. It's it's where I grew up, um, and you know, and it's such a it's quite a well trodden path, and there's so many Brits in Australia and so many Aussies um, in yep. the UK, and and I think it's because you know we we share a lot culturally, but we differ enough to for it to be something new and and exciting. Uh, so, you know, the the, the most common things that get said often you know we talk about the climate you know and how crappy the weather is in the UK (laughs) compared to here um but that but I don't think you can underestimate actually the the impact of uh, that for me moving to Sydney from London uh between the coast being by the coast and the beach and 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 that climate just your whole your whole kind of mood and
and and that sense of of balance um mm. certainly you know for me is it coming over as a lot as I pace and Sydney is is someone told me uh when i used so i used to come to australia quite often because i've got a lot of extended family here Mm -hmm. and um and i actually grew up in south wales before moving to england to the south coast of england where this this accent all came from but (laughs) when i was a kid i had this really strong welsh accent and i used to come here and my cousins couldn't understand me and used to take the mick out of me um but when i moved here and we were traveling a bit in um new south wales and down the south coast mm-hmm. i was really struck that if you took if you if you kept the same climate in both jurisdictions new south wales really did remind me of my childhood in south mm-hmm. wales and the coast and everything oh. so i thought that was really that was really something that really struck me but i remember as a kid i used to get really offended when my family used to just always say that oh yeah this is this is my cousin darcy she's from london because everything was just England or UK just meant London to people. And yes, I was like, no, that was the like, only hours. place we knew of. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm hours away from there. But, but then someone told me, well, England is like one third the size of New South Wales. Yeah, it's tiny. It's tiny. And so when I moved here and I was like, oh, we'll come to this new country. I want to, you know, can we go to Byron for the weekend? Or this is road trip down to Adelaide. And my husband had to remind me, no, no, these are like massive. It's like, no, you have to drive a long way or fly at least a couple of hours. Exactly. Exactly. And those things just really actually kind of really struck me on that that how I, you know, I was in my little bubble in the UK. It's all you ever know when you grow up in one country and suddenly this space and this vastness and that spread of population really mm. kind of hits you uh, in a way mm. that you think, oh, I'm moving to Australia. It's English speaking. It's I've been here a lot, as I said, growing <laughs> it's the same, up. It's warmer. Yeah, but uh, but no, it's it is it is very different. It's it's and the climate means, you know, we're we're really self-sufficient here in Australia. You get this beautiful food and produce and Mm. Uh, it's every you know you can it's really easy to be seasonal and be connected to those things whereas in England you know it's you can get mangoes at Christmas winter time you know if you want to in the supermarkets it's just everything's imported uh so um uh cost of living is is high here as a result Mm. and and I think the distance from the the rest of the world makes means that there's a bit less competition so I think that you know, I definitely felt like coming here, you had a bit less choice in terms of um, from everything from to from internet to, to as I say, your, your yeah. food, food and produce. That's so, that's so funny that you say that. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. Um, yes, I totally understand that even though we happen to speak the the we say that we speak English, we speak Aussie, like it's, yeah. there's so many words that are just not the same. And, and um, even when you go over to America, it's, it's the same, like we're Especially. all speaking English, but we're all kind of slightly different. Um, yeah, the climate is, is such an obvious one. And, and I lived in London for uh, just over a year and I had oh. the same sort of experience where I was like, this is supposed to be the same, but it's freezing, so cold. And it impacts people's moods in such a different way. and But I hadn't thought, because I've spent the majority of my life in Australia, I, I hadn't really thought of the fact that because we are so far away that it's just the, the level of competition and the, and the need to, to really compete because we're, we're all so laid back. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I'm pretty competitive and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a very driven businesswoman but at the same time, I'm pretty chill. <laughs> so, and that probably does come from the fact that we're, a, even though we're in such a vast space, we're this kind of nice little country that's right at the bottom of the world and just doing our own thing. Doing so far thing. away from everyone. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we're not competing with Europe, who's just not like, you know, European countries that are just on our doorstep that as you know competing for our talent in in corporate or um or our produce or whatever else like it's just we're here all all on our lonesome 
enjoying our beaches at the bottom. Exactly, of the exactly. <laughs> so, you, like touching on that, that whole concept of the the competitiveness, um, the population, the drive for excellence, especially in corporate. How do you compare your time and the culture in the corporate world? in the UK versus the corporate world um, in Australia that you've experienced so far? What are the key differences in, in the culture, the corporate culture that you've seen? Yeah, so I really think that a lot of those things that we touched, differences that we've been touching upon, location and size, etc., really actually affects the corporate cultures or really mm. reflect the different, the similar differences I've seen in the corporates. So if I take my profession, for example, that and I, I started out in law firms, both in the UK and coming over to Sydney. And, and as you, as you say, right, we're over here, we're doing our thing. We're out in the middle of the South Pacific. Yes, we're a, you know, a quote unquote Western country and we, you know, are interacting with, with the UK and the America and play on that field, but in our own space. Mm. And, and that reflects, so I actually work for a global law firm over here. And, um, as you may know, lawyers are, are worlds are, uh, based around the billable hour yeah. and you know you've got to get your billable hours targets now in Australia our billable hours targets were like an hour a day less than in the UK or the US oh. offices so we're in the same firm but we, we are actually already playing to a slightly a slightly more laid-back kind of uh, wow. uh, time frame in, in like yeah. through the same firm as same well firm. to have yeah the same organization just have completely different standards based on where they are in the world well wow. yeah okay. that's, that's right really um and I think that kind of you know reflects that the the slightly different values that you have over here and um and that want to just say yeah workers and, and that corporate drive yes we're all very driven here and yes I certainly was felt just as exhausted working long <laughs> hours over here but I think and I think what had happened over time is that you get kind of acclimatized to it because I what I did used to do as well is often especially after I had kids and since my family are all in the UK in order to like save mm -hmm. my annual leave I'd go and work for a couple of weeks from the London office yeah. Uh, and just within having been here in Sydney for a few years, I was just hit by that ch the pace as soon as you get to London, uh, that whole the pace, the intensity, the office is still buzzing mm. at like nine, ten o'clock at night. Uh, so so that the work cultures, I think, are, are reflective of, you know, London being like right in the middle of Europe, only a few hours away from from the US. It's a lot easier mm. to function across time zones. Um, on a bigger scale than here like there's yeah. generally more acknowledgement when you're here that okay if it's 2am we're not going to expect uh, someone to have to have to hop on a call or Be whatever online. too much yeah, too yeah, much yeah, yeah. Um, but on the converse side the the dynamism and you know the fact that we've talked about you know the England being this tiny country in comparison right to, but yet it has you know three times more of the population than the entire of Australia so mm. with that kind of that melting point pot that level of multiculturalism that level of immigration from all of these countries that are that are closer to it I think also reflects in the the corporate culture and I've seen mm. that play out in a few ways um, I my experience of corporate culture here is more conservative in my view mm -hmm. than than yep. London um, you've just have it's a bit more dynamic over there compared to here and that's partly maybe because you just don't have quite that same melting point melting pot mm -hmm. sorry yeah also my experience when I've been looking for new roles in Sydney has been you know you need to satisfy a job description like 99.9% in order to be considered but is that something that we're just looking for as women though is that something because I know women do that um probably more than men do so it may be partly gender based oh yes 100% that's uh, that's a slightly I think that's a slightly different a different 
point for sure in terms of whether yeah. I'd apply for a role <laughs> definitely in that category goes, oh, I couldn't yeah. possibly do that but I'm thinking more of actually when I face recruiters or I, I see a role that I think looks interesting and they're like oh you know but you haven't done this one thing or that one thing and I'm thinking yep. well you can you know take a holistic view of my CV of my yep. experience it's pretty obvious that I'll be able to learn that one you exactly. know on the job something exactly. yep, yep. Um, but my experience is that there has been a reticence here to kind of to look at that dynamic kind of experience or to 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 include that diversity of thought or background and the value that that can bring to a role whereas again just because of that dynam- dynamism in the UK I've certainly and I've seen peers who have the same foundation as me that would be doing a lot more interesting and diverse roles mm. at, at more senior positions yeah yeah because there's just that little bit more kind of we'll give people a shot you know, sink or swim, and it's up to you and you can make something of it. Whereas I feel that here it's a little bit more hierarchical. It's a little bit more box ticking um, and mm. a bit more conservative. Um, I mm. do feel that it's it's a lot whiter. Yes. Uh, certainly yep. a lot whiter at the top, which is probably still an issue that the UK is grappling with. But mm. um, but it, it, it is and it's, it is and it's this funny thing when you're this – the colonialism thing and it's you know I'm a Brit and yeah as you say I've got this accent I I carry it yes, around um, yeah um, exactly but and and, I, and even just as a as a woman of color here I still mm-hmm. think my English accent puts me puts me on a certain pedestal sometimes um and it's this mm-hmm. weird kind of thing where you where some some of these colonies end up sort of stepping back in time and being that a bit of a freeze frame of what of an image that they have that doesn't actually follow the way that the actual underlying country the UK is mm. is moving forward um and and so those are the yeah those are the sorts of things that I've really I've really noticed wow there's so much to unpack <laughs> I'm like oh my goodness where do we start um no that's so interesting and yes I can very much imagine and it's funny because I and I've I've interviewed a few women now that either are in corporate or have left corporate. One has actively says that she is a corporate escapee. Um, and there's such a different, it's such a different life to even where I am. You know, I'm in that entrepreneurial land with startups, um, small business owners and founders who we just run our own race and do our own thing. And, and, and we and I personally forget that there's this whole organic, like environment that is the corporate world, which I don't quite understand because I, I've been so far removed from it for such a long time. But I have worked in the corporate space, and in some ways, it really concerns me to hear that. Or everything you just said, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember being in that in my early twenties and hating it because of all of the things that you just said. Um, and it's really fascinating as well, even as you you touched on being a woman of colour but from the UK and, as you said, your accent can really kind of throw people um, because then their brains almost trick them going, oh, wait, no, you're from the UK, so therefore I need to bump you up on my ladder, like uh, of my internal bias and um, all of these things that are kind of, like almost imprinted into our brains and our psyches of where people sit and the hierarchy of where we are and and then it's almost like oh you get this many points because you're this but then you're a woman of color so we might deduct here and then you're a woman so where do we put you and oh my goodness how exhausting <laughs> yeah it's incredibly challenging it, it is and it's it's really interesting because I've you know that this sense of that corporate world being this other world and mm. and as 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 women like you have all these I've certainly been through many crises <laughs> of uh, be it identity or where and, and ha- those moments where you go this is rubbish why am I doing this why am I being part of this and I've something and and also how your work and and in that corporate world I feel in particular but maybe throughout what you do becomes your identity you know the amount of time we were always kind of like oh what do you do and that and, you, and this weird 
sort of again this hierarchy that you create um or the biases that are triggered oh she's a corporate person or she's and in law right you can be you can be a human rights lawyer or you can be the the bad corporate lawyer and it's something that yes. i have struggled with throughout my time and i've dabbled in all sorts of things and i've you know i've done my done my stint in the NG, uh, ngos and i've traveled mm. a lot and i've worked overseas and I have always had this real affinity with the corporate world because, it, you know, it does align with and parts of my personality um, of being someone that's really driven and I'm organized and I'm and I like structure and, you know, and, and uh, these the, the frameworks that they can offer uh, in order to, to hit goals and targets in a yeah. really efficient yeah, way. Yeah. But I, you know, but I also work a lot with 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 startups and, and I'm in that kind of tech and media and digital space and I love the dynamism of that um, and sometimes I've it's you know it's always this trying to strike that balance with accommodating but also I, I, I've tended to whenever I've even come to more to, to, to startups or, or media organizations I still I've still kept that level of quote-unquote corporate and as I say because it's probably more from that kind of project and organization and that's the way mm -hmm. that I know best to 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 achieve results um and and, it, and that kind of works for me and I, I'm still and, I'll, and I'll, I'll change my mind every other day probably and I'll continue to do to do so and I'm still deciding how long I want to stick out that game um and I mm -hmm. know a lot of escapees and I've definitely yeah. been on those like life after law like websites and I've been through all, <laughs> all of that too when you're about to hit burnout but mm. I think the thing that has kept me in it is because what I really want to see that world change um because like I said it is it is actually a big part of who I am and I do actually love like the organizations that I've worked for and I love the structure and, and the satisfaction that I get of achieving within them but I think that they need to be disrupted mm. and I think that that and I actually think and certainly I can speak for my profession that has to come from outside forces because again the, and the legal profession in itself is this it's pretty it's pretty dated and if you think about law firms and there's partners mm. and that, that yeah. own this business and there's no checks and balances and and it's this this billable hours this whole kind of notion that you actually have to work more in order to 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 hit your targets when the whole world is trying to be more efficient or rely on technology so that we don't have to work yes. as much and we can have other things do things quicker for us yeah it needs to change but it needs to come it needs to be a, like this this reaction uh, like this equal and opposite reaction from the outside and within it needs mm -hmm. to come from so from from people around us going no this is this is not how we can do things other ways yep. yeah. uh, and um and at the moment i'm I'm kind of I want I want the corporate world to be an inclusive place and a place that people that are driven like me can can exercise that and flourish with that but as themselves and as authentically as possible and so I'm in that kind of space of of, of trying to see that way to change it from within at the moment mm. um, and, and we'll kind of see how that how that continues to go in the next Years. But that's such a beautiful space to be in that you have the, uh, the perspective that you can see the change that needs to happen. You've got the capacity to make a difference, be it internally um, through the internal mechanisms of the organisation or, or with where you choose to position yourself in different roles that you take and whatever else. But knowing what the end game is in the sense of this is kind of perfect world, what I'd really love to be able to contribute and the changes I'd really like to see and this is how I'm going to use my skills, my voice um, and the opportunities that I'm given to make chip away at that because as we can completely see, this isn't a one-man game and this isn't a, um, you know, a one action or anything like that. It's a unfortunately a very slow-moving process that, takes all of us chipping away be it if we're talking about society as a whole and equality and and opportunities for women and opportunities for people of color and and all of those sorts of things or if we're talking about corporate or law or all of the different elements of that as well so um, just having that perspective is going to make a difference because the decisions that you make and, and the movements that you take from here on in are, are going to make a difference in the right direction so 
I, I guess I'm really curious to hear. I'm sure that a lot of these thoughts and um, this drive, especially in this area that we're talking about, is just a part of you as a whole anyway. And I know that even for myself, just the older I get, the more I seem to see and I'm like, oh, I don't really like that and I'm going to try and change that. But I know personally um, becoming a parent has a huge impact on the decisions that you make. Do you find or have you found in the last four or so years that being a mother has been a part of that um, a part of that process for you? Yeah, it really, it really has, Caroline. It was, it's really felt, I, this probably reflecting my corporate personality, but I've always been a kind of, you know, just get on with things kind of person. I've not really had, and I've actually struggled to find, you know, my quote unquote purpose because I sort of just kind of am about the doing. And becoming a parent was that, it was like the ultimate cliche for me like all the cliches suddenly came to one like the my perspective changed my back and 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 you you mentioned in um in my bio and that he's I think part of the reason that I've kind of gone from knowing these knowing these issues in the corporate world to taking that action has been has been having my girls it made me definitely made me much more acutely aware of gender bias uh, mm. again I was you know spent my uni days like many female students reading your Jermaine Greer's and and mm. trying to get on that yeah. feminist bandwagon but I sort of again always felt a little bit removed from it um, and maybe partly because I also felt very privileged in other ways in terms of you know yeah. my education and my family upbringing and, mm. and the opportunities that that I have had mm. but yeah. suddenly I have this baby girl and right from day one whether it was from you know grandparents expectations and you know having dressing her up in pink and florals (laughs) I know and and actually how difficult it is to find gender neutral clothes even like at a baby Mm -hmm. level to and I remember I was on maternity leave with my now four-year-old in so I was in London back in uh, back with my family and I was in shopping in London and I remember going into Gap Kids and you know, and seeing the the boys, the, the a that there is, you know, right even from from babies, there's yeah. a boys and a girls section. But then mm-hmm. the you know the the t-shirts of I can be an astronaut, and I'm you know these Einstein t-shirts and scientists for the boys and for the girls, it's that fairies and princesses. Well, and it's just princess. I'm like, yeah. Okay, princesses. It just, there's not many of those in the world. <laughs> if you want to aspire to be a princess, like it's a bit more complicated than I'm going to go to the careers yeah. expo and write princess on my form. Like it doesn't work like that. <laughs> That's right. And it just it just hit me like a wave. I was like th- th- that notion that it's entrenched so early on yeah. uh, and in in everywhere. Um, mm. And suddenly I went from that person that a, a person that kind of felt it always at a, a sense of unease at this idea of being too polit- you know politically correct mm. to suddenly yeah. realizing actually people those people that are telling us oh we're being too far too politically correct uh it, it was a, re- a real weapon actually uh yeah and and to to, to getting that sense of well I now things like the issues that we face as women or as women of color in in our in our day-to-day world and our working environment we kind of I'd gone from something that you you acknowledge you might you, you find your tribe of other women that you can have a moan about you try and make things work for you within that system mm-hmm. yeah. and then and you and maybe you'll try and pay it forward but I it wasn't until I had my kids in my in front of me to think I can't have my daughter in 20 years time come to me with the same vents that I'm having with my girlfriends right now yeah, yeah. I, it, it, so so they they've been really instrumental in that mm. finding that purpose and and that's where it really comes down to as well saying you know I've got to that that sense of having to to be part of a narrative um, that pushes yeah. for action as opposed to just chipping away at your own little bubble and trying to find ways of, of of broadening that it really came came as a big yeah as a big Mm. kick up the bum to to start to start looking at your surroundings more and 
And there, there's this mirror, right? This four-year-old of mine, she is, she's a mini me. She calls me out on everything that I'm doing. And it is, it. it is like And alarming. it's so exhausting when you're like, I put all these things, but stop telling me what to do. I know. And, you know, and this do as I say, not as I do, does not cut mm. the mustard with kids. They, no, they will copy everything, right? And it's really yeah it's 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 really big deal and so I feel like I have to I can't tell her you know you've you can't you know we're constantly telling our kids to share to be kind all these things that we can drill down it's like I could tell her as much as I like but unless I'm doing it and I can show her and yeah. I can and and, yeah. and she is she is you know everything is negotiation central with her and she will bring out an argument remember remember that last time ever. Last, last week when you did this thing <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very nice. Um, oh my so, um, so they really shine, shine a mirror. They're mm. my little accountability buddies, um, yeah. and yeah, that that has has been has been big. And and yeah, you know, just I think it's easy to to get desensitized from things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm sure this is common for for mothers everywhere. But I had gone from, and and as I say, I work a lot. I've done my bits in with with NGOs I used to travel and work in Africa and and I still kind of would see things sort of kind of on face value and fact and and you know but I could I could separate from myself from it in a way that I can't now that when you become a mother Mm -hmm. right anything you see on the media and you see children or vulnerable people being affected it's it's just yeah it's ridiculous so um yeah that like yeah I'm getting emotional yeah, I think being about a parent it. in general just completely changes you um but I completely agree I um my eldest is now 16 he's a young man um wow. and yeah, yeah so I'm in a very different space to that, you yeah in, in the parenting. <laughs> but I even as you described that moment where you click and you start seeing the differences I remember my kind of real light bulb moment wasn't really when it came to clothes and all that sort of stuff because as you said the the clothes for boys are really driving them to success so you don't really think about it as a parent of boys um unless you're really looking out for it my big kind of light bulb moment was i i would just go through this phase where i was going through this time where I would hear almost once a week, oh, you're so lucky you've got boys. Like you just don't have to worry about them. And I was like, what? Like what? What do you mean? Like because they can't get pregnant or they, you know, won't experience like the horrific things that women do experience like um, discrimination and sexual violence and harassment and like the, the list of things we teach our daughters to look out for because sometimes they they are not safe in our world and that's really scary and I was like wait a minute why do I get off so lightly a lot of people keep telling me that I'm so lucky and then I flipped it on its head and 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 so people would say that and I'm like well I actually think my role is 10 times more important because I'm now supposed to be teaching my boys not to be those men and not to be those boys that cause harm or discriminate or take opportunities or talk over women or mansplain or do all the things that drive women crazy. Um, So, yeah, I think it's really interesting as parents because we do have those light bulb moments, but we have them in different ways depending on who our children are or the experience at the time. And, yeah, for me it was I really got sick of people telling me how lucky I was because I had boys and I was like, no, because if I just sit on my hands and I don't teach them anything, then they could just end up being the men that are causing all these issues in the first place. So, yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's a tricky beast. It to is do as a parent. It, it certainly is. But yeah, that responsibility to you know because I think I think men and boys are going to be pivotal in the feminist movement if we want yeah. to. Yeah, you know, definitely. it's right right Why down. Feminist needs to be right across the board. Because that's what feminism is. That's it actually what... has nothing to do with being a woman. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, yeah. So, no, I actually, uh, the only thing, re- place where I often do think, well, I, I do feel lucky. So it sounds like you've got just boys and yeah, I've, I've got, got I've got just girls. And, you know, and, pe- and people will be like, oh, you know, do you want, do you want to, tr- you want to try for that boy? Do you want one of each? But I was like, I'm actually happy to just have two of the same because I'm finding it very exhausting because but just just having to to raise these yeah, two girls switching. but that yeah, switch yeah. because I say it's actually like a whole different 
conversation and a whole like they a come, different they live in a different world yeah so yeah. I'm like I'm glad I just have the two girls because I think it's too much for me to have to, <laughs> I need to, to learn switch. one thing at a time exactly exactly that's so true that's so true yeah. um so jumping back to corporate I am really curious we've we've explored a lot already in our discussion um but I know how passionate you are about making change and um and and I guess for anyone that's um you know, listening out there, what do you think, what can you see to be kind of the low-hanging fruit or the, the the things that we can be looking out for um, when it comes to the challenges around gender diversity and, and gender bias? Um, what do you think we can be doing to tackle some of those changes, be it if we work in the corporate space or just in our day-to-day lives? Have you, have you kind of come across anything that you think um, are things that we can be thinking of front of mind that can make some changes? Yes, I think it's you can encourage that a structural change through just enforcing certain behaviors or initiatives. So for example, I think I think and I think these are two separate things, but mentorship mm-hmm. and sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think, you know, you, for, for people that don't know what those two things are, I know what they are um, just due to my business experience. But what is mentorship and sponsorship? Yeah, so I I, I see mentorship as uh, a it's a, a a mechanism for you know, and if we're taking women for example or young women entering a corporate profession, you might want to find. Uh, someone that can be from that within that same background or others just to to be um, and, and someone that's either more senior or in a position that you would like to be in to use them for um, as a sounding board and for advice and guidance um, in the development of your career or whatever ambition it might be that you have and it's it's a slightly more it's a pastoral role and it's a it's quite a personal role and it's uh, as between say, the, the two of you, where sponsorship is actually involves actively engaging with, advocating for, and promoting your sponsee, so to speak, mm. in that envi- in a corporate environment or in again in a professional environment that you're that you're seeking. So, uh, I pref- uh, one one person may end up providing. Uh, covering both both those roles for an mm. individual but they are two they're, they're two quite distinct things and you might find yeah. a mentor as I say in a much broader spectrum but you might for a sponsor you're looking for someone in your line to actively push push you forward yeah. um, and I think that rhetoric um, and and kind of institutionalizing those things needs to come from the top down so again Mm. you're kind of often you often hear a lot of rhetoric in corporate organizations from the leadership saying you know we're empowering you you're empowered to go and find a mentor or find you know or find a sponsor to you you take action you take control of your career and and you're empowered to do so but actually Mm. it can sometimes it's a very it's quite an intimidating um thing for some especially when you're quite junior to approach someone um, and yes. ask them to be a mentor or um, a sponsor and you know and sometimes it's hard enough to get time in, with some of these people just to discuss something work-related yeah, a lot of, kind of yeah exactly let it, in the calendar yeah yep. so I would love to see either or both of those things being kind of more of a KPI for senior people and that kind yeah. of or and just and more and people that that know anyone really that is that is already been within an organization for a, a little while to 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 really take that responsibility for being um and either of those either of those things mm-hmm. um and really just paying it forward i think the impact of of just one person paying it forward to another and that that the yeah. domino effect that that can create is massive and it also encourages that level of connection that again can just bring more meaning to your work um yeah. on a day-to-day level yeah. so I think that power of of connection is is something that's very important to me and is, is probably one of of my own kind of personal values um you know I like it's I've 
not met you properly till today Caroline it feels like I've known you for age I just love talking to yeah, you um, <laughs> and um, and so I've always taken that mentorship role really seriously but then actually it's probably one of those things I found a bit different coming to Australia I've really struggled to find that here in a way that you know my, my mentors in the UK are still my mentors um, today and mm. I've found it quite difficult to engage with someone to advocate for me in a leadership role actually um, mm -hmm. here yep. so those are the things um, that that I think are are low-hanging fruit that yes yes it's a two-way thing and and I think more young people should be asking for it and pushing for it yeah. but yeah, it definitely. needs to then be institutionalized because it's 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 no good knowing that well your boss can just keep pushing it aside or keep pushing that meeting invite because yeah. it's just that lower priority whereas I'd love to see it mm -hmm. being much more of a, of a, of a KPI to show um, commitment to that. Yeah, and the value of what that will bring, not only to the individuals, but to the organisation as Correct. a whole, because how that bring, you know, that a, a really good mentor relationship is actually a two-way street. And I know in, in my own experience, when I have mentored um, people, the amount that I've learned from my mentee is such a joy, because um, you don't know what you don't know. And everyone brings different things and different skills to the table. So um, I think what's beautiful about what you just suggested is that even though we're talking in a in a corporate or business sense especially from an accountability and KPI perspective that can actually be applied to anywhere so you know looking for someone in your community that you can spend more time with or open your door to or just have a coffee with um, and it may not be about their career it may be about the stage in their life they may be pursuing a hobby they may just be new to the community there could be so many reasons why that person needs someone that's more established and it could be that they've just lived in that suburb longer or they've um you know, as you said, it's about a career path and they've already taken the five steps to like ahead of where you want to be in the future or plan to be in the future. And uh, all of those things, all of those lived experiences, if we can pass them on and pay it forward and, and bring people along for the journey, that will just make things so much easier for each and every one of us. Because the reality is as well, even as a mentor, where we are today in the exact position we've worked so hard to be in, there's always someone five steps ahead of us. So if that can continually be a part of our culture, that we bring people along and and we share that knowledge and experience, then everyone's going to benefit from that regardless of if we're talking from a career sense or just from a community sense. So yeah, that's right. A great idea <laughs> right across the board. Um, so for anyone that, for any young women that are listening or anyone that's looking for a career change, I don't know if um, you do a whole career change later in life to, to jump into law. I can imagine it takes quite some time to become a lawyer from a study perspective. But is there anything that you would if there is someone listening going, I would always wanted to explore law or studying law or whatever else. And I know law as a, as, as a word is so broad. Yeah. You even touched on it earlier because there's so many different types um, and specialties to it. But is there anything that you would recommend that um, people think about before kind of heading down that path? Yeah, look, law is, it is, it is extremely broad and that has, some real benefits too because it's and it's um and something that just studying law is a great foundation for almost anything and if you look and I, when I look at organizations so many you know senior like c-suiters are ex-lawyers like ex, like it's it's mm -hmm. so I do think it's a great foundation for anything and it offers you a breadth that means that if you're if you have an interest in it and there's an aspect of it that you're uh, that you'd like to learn more about then it's always going to be a worthwhile pursuit because it's never a it's not a it doesn't have to be the end game that you need to practice as a lawyer and I certainly know that yeah. I have every expectation that I'll move in and out of law through my career um, but I will always have this great foundation to fall back on in terms of just just the way that you analyze and problem solve and writing and um, and mm. so I think I think that it is really 
um, a worthwhile study as a foundation if it's something that you're interested in and it can lead into yeah. I think that the thing that certainly appealed to me was you know this idea of it being a social science it offers you it's not mm. you know a blank canvas it's not sort of this studying you know literature or something where it's just total free for all but it but mm -hmm. within it it's this framework but it you have to be kind of creative and malleable within this framework which I love that challenge of um and yeah. I think that it yeah, it, it sets you up for solving all kinds of problems in all kinds of different areas. And whether you choose to go corporate or more social or um, or entrepreneurial, it, it's it's a great it's a great fallback um, to have. Um, I think starting. I think you need to dispel. There's a lot. You know, law is something that's also covered heavily in the media for, and I think. There, as with so many of these things, whether you're watching your suits or your Grey's Anatomy for hospital dramas, it's <laughs> just, you've got to kind of demystify a bit, a little bit, or kind of. That's like a good point. Because yeah, because that is my only like understanding yeah. of law. Yeah. But suits just looks like so yeah. much fun. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you know that bit, like that 30 seconds where you know, like Harvey, like opens the door and doing work. Yeah, it's like that, but for like 18 hours, and you. <laughs> For the whole, the whole day. day. <laughs> and then some, yeah. like, when, like, your average kind of, no, like, normal career, other career has gone home at five, you're still doing that work stuff till yeah. eight, nine, You know when they have that five. little, that little one pager and they go, by God, I've got it? I'm like, no, think about that, but, like, a 10 leave arch files <laughs> of documents. <laughs> that is such a good point. Don't use boots or if you're looking at the medical profession don't use Grey's Anatomy as your guide yeah. <laughs> to how your life is going to be when you become a I mean obviously career. I've diagnosed many a person based on my knowledge <laughs> that I've gleaned <laughs> on Grey's Anatomy but yeah so I think <laughs> uh, but no I think I think it is important to kind of yeah to go in it for the right reasons and um, and as I say yes yeah we, we've talked a lot about you know some of the difficulties and that women and can and, and and disparities that can exist in that corporate world but I think you know I there's mm. it does offer it offers it offers a lot of um opportunity and security and diversity there's a lot of diversity and breadth of work and I, what I mm. like about that profession is that you can constantly challenge yourself while being in that same profession and you can um Move, move, and it's you know it's something that, that changes all the time so you're always kind of learning and if, if that if that's something that interests you then then that's it's definitely a career for you um for me being in technology um side of things mm. is particularly dynamic because usually the law can't keep up with it and that's what I really enjoy about my roles now because the role of a lawyer when you're like in an organization has moved from you know, well, what does the law say we can do, or what does this contract say? To well, what are the what are the implications of this? It, you know, it's this it's the should just because we can do it, does that mean that we should do it? Let's think this through a bit more. Mm. And in areas like technology, there's sometimes not a regulation or law in place, and so suddenly there's a responsibility mm. on the organisation to say, well, what do what we need to think about? What our values are here, and what do we want to stand for? Um, and so that, you know, that the the work that I'm looking at in both that technology and diversity space that we've mentioned is in artificial intelligence, which is a, a very broad, mm. a broad brush term. But yes, when I'm I'm thinking about things, uh, what, what I'm talking about, I suppose, are these when we see all these you know, newfangled tools that can make decisions very fast or you know uh, you don't need to we don't need we can get rid of HR because we can get a recruitment tool that can review you know 500 candidates and spit out the uh the, the perfect candidate for you from those applications um and this the, these the technology the underlying technology is based on something called machine learning and you mm. basically you're putting in um it, or as much vast waves of data, it relies on a lot of data. The more data you put in, the only reason that these that this artificial intelligence becomes intelligent is because we've just 
drummed into it loads and loads of data sets and it's able mm. to just keep learning and seeing the rules and seeing the commonalities and then you can apply an algorithm to say well out we can choose you know what the majority or the, the strongest things that have come out of all these data sets will spit out a result that reflects what you might want and the reason that mm -hmm. it can produce um, results so quickly and so accurately is you know, because it's received all of that data. So the more data you have, then the more accurate and the, the quote unquote better results you can get. But what mm. that does mean is, so if we, if we take recruitment as an example, if you say, mm. right, well, we'll need to, we'll use the last 10 years worth of your recruitment data and we'll feed it into the machine. And then there we go. We can get rid of your HR because yeah. it will just decide for you. But if in those last 10 years, you so happen to have hired mainly men, then, you know, then mm. the machine is thinking, oh, OK, all this language that's, that is I gendered, can see, see that pattern, that's what, what you want. want. And so now you've entrenched as a status quo. So, yes, yes, you might get, mm. but you'll get very accurate data. But does that mean that that result is desirable? That is mm. a different question. And this is where you can now entrench the bias of an organization or the biases of previous years and now it's a status quo and it's going to keep spitting it out and wow. so and That's it's amazing. so dynamic that we don't have so and we know that it's something that we need to address and it's it's mm. gaining a lot more traction that, that the dangers of bias in AI because AI tools are going to be a thing of the norm they're yeah, going to be well, a, we see them more and more yeah. every single day and the opportunities they provide and the efficiencies they provide are fantastic and i am all i'm all mm. about adopting new technologies but it needs to be done in a in a fair way and that means looking mm. at things from hot like from start to finish and when you look at something like that um it's something that we know that we need to regulate but we don't know enough yet to be able to do it because when you if when you once you create a law for something, then you're entrenching that law as well. And technology moves so fast yep. that it's no longer fit for purpose. And so where, mm. you know, so if you for new and interesting areas for anyone, then th that they, these are the kind of areas to be in because you get a chance to kind of start to move the dial before it can be entrenched in, in a in a particular law regulation. Wow. And I'm kind of trying to start out on that, as I say, where where I'm working my role at the moment is working with a lot of innovative technologies and getting new things and you know and, and a, the, the business drivers for that will be you know purely maybe it might be financial it might be several different drivers for it but the underlying essence needs to be reviewed right from start to finish to make sure that the mm. outcome isn't going to inadvertently create another issue create a, yeah create a whole nother right. issue wow what an interesting space and and that in itself, like as you said, to if you are interested, if you're listening and you're thinking, I would love to look at law as a pathway, it, it sounds like even if we're talking, if we take that piece of the technology discussion out, there's already such so many pathways, right. let alone the pathways we can't even see yet because they don't exist yeah. and they will exist in six months' time or whatever else. That Wow, what an, what an interesting and fascinating space to be in and in amongst all of that using um your values and drivers for equality and and diversity anyway um is fantastic so as we enter further into this new year um we're still kind of in the start of 2021 what um you know what's on the horizon for you this year yeah so it's uh this year it's about still trying to keep pushing forward, managing you know, full-time work and the parenting. I sort of recently started back to full-time work after maternity leave number two. So it's getting all those, those wheels turning um, and post that yeah. kind of COVID year, we've made some big sort of life changes. And um, yeah. so, so 2021 is about trying to keep on a, on an even footing, but I'm really trying to, to push ahead with some of these, um, uh, I suppose for one of what a better word, DNI through technology sort of initiatives. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's both bringing a bit of a mission to bring awareness to that that problem and that issue that we've talked about. Because I say, I think it's 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 gaining more traction, but it's important to mm -hmm. see the the 
that there is an issue of bias in in technology um, before it runs mm. away with just remembering it's going to do things faster, quicker, flashier than before. Um, and yeah. I re- and equipping people that are you know in in businesses that are looking to to buy or to to invest in these new products for themselves or for their organizations that they're equipped to ask the right questions um, mm. and then and then it's for me also looking at that solution and so whether that's changing the way in which those technologies are developed or really looking um, at some opportunities at the moment and for this year to work with and collaborate with um, people that are actually working in this space. So there is this really emerging, Mm. exciting space of developing fair and transparent um, artificial intelligence tools. And so I'm looking into Mm. some collaboration opportunities um, this year. And uh, as you can tell, I love, I was saying, I love connecting with people. I love chatting um, and talking to people. And so I also, like you, Caroline, really like to start my podcast this year. Um, so, oh, that's that's so, gonna be, so you're going to have to come, you're going to have to come and be um, a guest on my podcast <laughs> one of these days. But um, that would be so looking to start that up um, shortly, but, and, and to, to, to continue these conversations, really, um, it will mm-hmm. be called um, Unbiased. Um, and oh, and it's really to look at just with, in one-on-one conversations with people from different professions and backgrounds and with different um, areas of expertise. But it, it's building on that notion that we all of us carry our own biases, which are a product of, mm. of our environment, our experiences, our parents and upbringing. And I'd really like to explore as many of those different areas where bias impacts individuals and the world around us. You know, we've we've spoken mm-hmm. a lot about gender and cultural diversity because that's and that's very experience, uh, very personal experience to me and 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 probably to to you um, as well. But yeah. you know, that doesn't yeah. mean that I'm totally alive to to all of these other areas. You know, where. Mm. there will be minorities that that get affected you know we have all these areas of of discrimination or you know of age and um mm. disabilities and sexual orientation um and they're just a f- but they only really cover like a few of those kind of yeah and like like it's such a broad such topic, a broad and topic. So many yeah factors yeah and so yeah. yeah looking to kind of learn from from others and to just mm. broaden um that they keep my horizons really broad and so that I can and that will hopefully help that other work in, yeah, in wow. tech and AI. So many things. 2021, exciting year ahead. Yes. Well, um, we will make sure that there are connections to you in our show notes. So if anyone does want to connect with you directly, um, we'll make sure that they can do that. Um, so my last question for today's interview, who inspires you and why? Who inspires me and why? There's... I. I'm always rubbish with these questions at the end of that. You know, what's your favorite <laughs> hook? Because, and because, as I, I think I said earlier, my my kind of mind changes by the day, and I'm inspired by so many at different times. I'm a real bookworm, so it's kind of oftentimes whatever I'm reading or experiencing really at the moment. Right now, I have I'm my my girl crush of the last few weeks has been um, Amanda Gorman. The, um, oh, the poet fantastic. laureate who did that beautiful poem, and I keep playing it to my daughter, oh. but still a little bit much for her to take on board. But she's a bit like, well, I don't get it, but it sounds great. But, um, but I was blown yeah. away by her words, by her presence, this little, you know, in this sort of mm. gorgeous, bright, you know, That's Prada so outfit, just in behind these big microphones, yeah. and there's her whole message. Um, and mm. I really derived a lot of hope from the likes of her. Um, for the for the future and I think um I've you know I you probably get these kinds of answers a lot but I you know I'm definitely still in my Michelle Obama like phase um oh, and I don't think anyone will oh, really I always think I always feel really Obama. cliche oh, to say so amazing but no not at all I'm such a fan um yeah, yeah. no I'm always looking at Michelle Obama for Instant. yeah I'm loving her like she's so re- like her ability to connect with just 
anybody and everybody, you know, whether it was the Queen of England mm, or yeah, some yeah. little girl from an inner city school somewhere. Um, mm. But also that's, that she's just very real and authentic, comes across mm. very authentically. I don't know her personally. But, yeah. um, she, and like, I, I don't, and I'm not a massive, I'm trying to build up my whole, like that kind of social media side of things. I'm not a big social media person, mm. but I follow, certainly follow her. And I love where she's just so real when things are, are hard or hurtful um, and kind of acknowledges yeah. it. But she always has that kind of hope and positivity that, kind of there's always mm. like the final mess messaging um behind anything that she says mm. and and flipping things to a positive is actually really made a big impact in the way that I work or in in that the, the space that I'm trying to 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 move the dial because you know we can look at the negatives or we can look at what what we want to try and avoid and get rid of bias mm. etc mm. but maybe it to flip mm. that is to let's look at what we do want to achieve or what we do want the the yep. workplace to look like in the future mm. and and flip it on its mm. head that that she she's she's really um really great at, at getting your brain to think that way um so I'm quite inspired yeah oh well what a great way of ending our interview today um looking forward looking at the things that we want to achieve as opposed to getting stuck on the things that we can't change or that we're upset by. Um, it's definitely a great way of moving forward, especially at the start of this new year. There's still some challenges ahead, but we um, we have so much to look forward to, which yeah. is fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I have learned, I love, like, I love interviewing people for this podcast and I love how much I've learned from you. So I really appreciate you being on as a guest. Um, you'll have to get your girls to have a listen. Be like, mum's <laughs> on the, my, the first time my kids heard yeah. me on the podcast, because I listen to podcasts in the yeah. class. So they were like, that's a voice in the car. It's like the coolest thing ever when your kids hear, hear it. And then they realise you're talking about stuff that really isn't interesting <laughs> to them. So, like, this is a bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll have to get you girls to have a listen. Um, thank you again. And we will make sure that we've got your details in our show notes so people can connect with you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Caroline. Really lovely to speak to you. Thank you for joining us today and for being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe, to share this episode with your friends and family, and to join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.